Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, episode 88, European Dividend Earnings. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dividend Talk. Today we're going to talk about the earnings of some companies like Danone, Walters Clover, Bass F, and many more. See you on the inside. Hey, European DJ. Earnings is still going. This must be what, our third or fourth week, and it's still going strong yes definitely it's uh, amazing right and uh, i like this season a lot because it's not like all at once what you typically have with quarterly earnings season you know some companies are really quick with providing the results others a little bit slower it seems to go a little bit slower in germany with everything because it is bus f this week for three for seniors both the medical care and the normal one ankle munich re and and quite some german stocks today so and i i like some of these really a lot so i'm really really curious about them yeah it's going to be lots of german german stocks as you said they are quite slow at releasing but that's that's always good because when you get too many companies at once obviously they slip through the net so at least at least to give us some time to to look at them some of them i have in my portfolio some mm -hmm. of them i would like to have my portfolio so i'm interested to hear on on the ones that i, I didn't get around to looking at but before we get into all that we talk about some news and i don't think there's any surprise in what's what we want to talk about i mean we try to keep politics out of this a whole lot but we we've seen how the market has reacted this week alone um to what's going on in, in ukraine it's 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 very volatile the market's volatile and obviously what's going on is is horrendous Absolutely yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So from a let's let's first talk about it from stock market point of view. Mm. It is crazy what happened today that the prices shot up all around the globe, right? Four or five percent. <sighs> so I, I put a tweet out and, and that's a little bit how I felt like like isn't it sad that the market priced it already in if you believe in efficient market theory? It's kind of okay, we know now it's an invasion there. Will not really hit our portfolios from that point of view. It's isolated, so now let's move on next yeah what, what's next week will be interest rates again yeah I, I i i didn't get it so there was there was obviously the market was starting to drop when mm -hmm. when the attack happened and all that really happened after that was was parts of europe and america came out didn't really do anything other than say that they're sanctioning 50 percent yeah. of the banks and, and i mean the sanctions weren't as as harsh as i thought they were going to be and all of a sudden stocks start rebound i'm like oh my like what 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 is going on here it makes absolutely no it's sense. crazy right yeah yeah maybe. because when crimea was being uh, uh occupied or captured let's say um there was there was really like a strong market reaction then right yeah in those times and now it's like within a week it's like oh fuck it give us the interest rates again within a day within two days yeah, yeah i mean it makes it makes it makes no sense but the markets have been irrational i feel for yeah. since since covid really since since yeah. covid i mean we had that huge huge reaction after covid where prices just yeah. soared all-time highs and liquidity uh it, from governments everything yeah it, it seems like the markets are disconnected from what's happening in in reality yeah. but eventually they, they might might catch up 
I don't know, but it's uh, well. It's well, crazy. they will, right? As soon as there's an economic impact, and the question mm. is, of course, will it have an economic impact? I mean, I'm not an economist to, to be able to judge that. I don't understand the sanctions here either, so I can't really judge. But yeah, very interesting. I'm glad that I've got a dividend portfolio of these kind of boring companies. Um, last year, I did like somewhere in the summer, like check my top 10 on financial stability and such. So I know that Afi mm. is the weak uh, part in my portfolio uh, from a balance sheet point of view. So, you know, it makes me really sleep well at night with my portfolio. I'm really not worried uh, here. I, I, I tell you what I what I, what I don't, I haven't said this to you Afi. I, I had a, remember I had that put in, in Alibaba, which I was yeah. obviously down on. I've sold that at a loss. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I knew this was was coming. Earnings was coming. The sentiment in China was not yeah. great. Anyway, I expected this market not to re. I didn't expect it to re, re, mm. rebound anyway. But I was there. The risk is just too great because uh, it's a cash secure put, so the cash was there for. But but you know yeah. that if it if it if it drops, premium rises, and the margin required actually might be more yeah. than what the stock would own, and I would have to fund that and. Yeah. It, uh, it could happen so quickly i was like you know what it's it's not worth the risk the markets might tank i'm happy with my portfolio i will sleep mm. well with my portfolio the only one i would not sleep well with in such a severe reaction is, is yeah. alibaba I, with, with that one so i just i sold it i took i took a loss of about a thousand dollars um but i to me I, when i spoke to my wife about it i was there and I, I was thinking about it for two days i said I don't think about any anything else in my portfolio. For me, that's a sign. Get yeah, out, get, a, get, get out, get out, and now I can I can sleep well. And and I, and I know that you made like many more thousands of dollars last year on option trading. Yeah, so. I mean, I made I made four and a half thousand. I've I've made I made what one and a half thousand this year. So I think I'm still yeah. net up this year. Maybe yeah. not as much, but I mean, to to sleep well at night, it yeah. just it just seems so much much. Better I made. Two hundred dollars on option trading this year so far. So you're really way more invested with option trading than uh, than I am making here. Yeah, well, I I, I got Baba wrong. I thought it was going to rebound yeah. quicker. I would I would be happy to hold them in in well, let's say normal market. But if they were to decline mm. at a steady pace, mm -hmm. uh, it's more manageable because the the premium is not going to jump massively. Yeah. But when it gets more volatile and you have huge swings in premium yeah you need then, to get out you need to get if, out of these options if, if the if the margin trade if the margin required is more than the twelve thousand i need to, to buy the 100 shares yeah then i just can't, like can't afford and then there's opportunity cost there because i have that twelve thousand locked up or if it was 15 16 000, whatever i own yeah. i can't buy anything if anything drops yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so, so i think if, if people expect volatility now i would say like uh, and you can't sleep well close these options and i hope there's not too many too much loss right mm. i've got one option on intel for 40 dollars and i just keep it it's in june if i get for 40 i'm happy yeah I, so I, it's not I, too much uh, money behind it either yeah I, I have the same i have intel for 40 dollars and i have unilever at 42 dollars i think yeah. um but I, I i'm really happy to close them and even with if they were to go large swings mm -hmm. the volatility that the money i would need to front up is not as, as yeah, huge yeah, you could I, easily cover it and i can yeah. easily cover it yeah, and i can sleep well easily with them so i'm, I'm happy with those two but i'm straight out of alibaba <laughs> good good well alibaba is my worst performer so far since last year 
So uh, it's testing my uh, valuation skills, let's say. What, <laughs> what, what I have done, what I, what I did do then is I set a, a, a boy order at $50, $50 for Alibaba, if, if it gets there. Wow, that would be great. Well, yeah, not, for, was... not, 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 no, not for you, but I got to <laughs> No, why not? I would probably buy some then because mm. for $50, give me Baba. Also, now I find it attractive. If I wouldn't have had a full position. Yeah. I, I would have been buying now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think with, with, with everything that's going on, the, the European markets, Russian markets, it's just so hard to, mm. to take a gamble. Like for me, they're a gamble. They, they are yeah, gambling. they are. Yeah, yeah and that's. But you know, uh, I, 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 this is the 10% of my portfolio where I, where I can play a little bit with that, right? So, mm. I mean, it, it's all for me. I've got all um, curtailed. Let's say it cannot affect my portfolio because it's not being hedged or something like that. Yeah. If the company goes bankrupt, I will lose four percent or three percent of my portfolio. So be mm. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried about it at all. But I, I think it's good for listeners to know because options is always out there. And, yeah. and I think the misconception is that it's easy money. It's not. First of all, it's not easy money. And there is a lot of risk risk involved in it. And I'm very transparent. I will tell you when I fuck up or when I make a mistake yeah. or, or when I because I'm no expert on it. But just be just be careful, especially our, when it gets volatile. Just make sure true, it's over. True. you're good to go. But we'll we'll move on to some earnings. We have quite a few companies, um, a lot of German companies. But I think we might start with with little, the French, with little Frenchy, yeah, little Frenchy. Yeah, I th- I, you're talking about fuck ups, right? Um, <laughs> everyone knows. I think that follows me that the Nona was my uh, was my buying spree in 2020. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I discovered the company. Really, I have I'm not discovered, but. From a dividend growth point of view, I studied a lot, and then you know, it cut the dividend last year. I think from two ten to one ninety four. Yeah. So this year they kept the dividend flat again one ninety four. New CEO is in. I must confess that when I was reading the press release and the um, uh, the related earnings there, I started actually to like what I uh, what I'm seeing. He also appointed uh, three new uh, people in, in early of January. I don't know if everyone noticed that, um, but uh, they're now what is it? Uh, new? I don't have the roles here, but uh, they they hired like a chief innovation officer, a new chief operations officer, and I think a chief sustainability or something like that. I checked those profiles and they look solid. This this the CEO. I forgot the name where it comes from, but. Uh, when I tracked his performance, he came from a really high-performing um, uh, company. He did a really great job there. So I'm, I'm slightly optimistic from the first kind of sound bites that I'm getting through. Um, also, the quarterly, fo- the fourth quarter earnings were much better in a comparison to a year before than the first three quarters. I won't say that this is all to do with the CEO. Definitely not. They have a little bit of, um, I said um higher restructuring charges at the moment as well because they are going to from a corporate central french kind of way of managing to what's local right they give power yeah. to the regions yeah which is interesting to hear that from a french company right it's like so unfrench um but having said that generally their dividend is really well co- uh, covered right they have an uh, what is it an eps of uh, 294 
so it's easily covered. The dividend is safe. The dividend was even safe at 210. I still don't understand why they cut it. Um, but what, what I was always thinking about, like, you know, this should recover after COVID because the restaurants are closed. And we know that waters is also a large part of their yeah. sales and 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 water started to recover right at, at um what was it 25 percent year over year growth since last year now it's not the biggest big business unit that's still their da dairy right uh, um the dairy products and such yeah but uh and that was a bit the slower grower but it comes also from an, uh, a higher margin that's uh, from a higher baseline but uh, yeah, the early, the first signs are there for recovery, I would say, in Danone. And that's, I think, also why we saw that the share price started to recover this week a little bit and respond positive to the news. And for me, it's so clear that it is kind of COVID, but also, of course, the company was not well managed, right? And that's yeah. why it was not really able to do anything good during COVID. Uh, it got it straight in the face. I mean, I think what is being played out and known is exactly what we kind of said. We knew we knew where it was throughout the pandemic. The struggle in waters was obviously down. That's that has a huge increase, like double digit, seventeen percent increase or, or something. That is that is predicted. So it was quite obvious they're going to have low growth and water was going to come back to normal. I I believe I must double check. I believe they're nearly back at. 2020 2019 levels which is which is good um yeah. good for us the question is now where do they go from here and as you said the new ceo has come in i think his name is antoine yes yeah yeah so what's he going to do now he's already starting to make changes restructuring yeah they have their european restructure model completed now yeah. so it's it's time for them now to to kick on and grow we've we've campaigned and championed this this company a lot in this podcast particularly in the early days yeah so it would be nice for us if they if they started to deliver on the process well, they have a capital market day on the, the 8th of march so i'm definitely having that in my calendar because yeah. i think this is where we will hear his new plans and it's the first time i will really be seeing the new ceo in action from that point of view yeah and then he's out in the open and and yeah then we will hear whether there are any any plans that excite uh, us right i i really believe in this company like danone also if i see how it's taking shelf space in the in the supermarkets uh, around me um the vegan milk and everything it's it's really really getting more and more shelf space i see it everywhere popping up so um and and this is in poland right so i expect this business to continue to do well it grew eight percent year over year uh, edp so th those are good numbers you know and the, the, the these vegan milks they cost like uh, three times more two and a half times more than normal milk so yeah yeah uh, curious to see what he says on the 8th of march look simply said uh, we know now that the floor is there in the dividend 194 it comes from a really small cut because of this idiot of a former ceo um you get it now for 3.46 percent yield almost three and a half percent yield mm -hmm. if you believe in a european company you, you need to take into consideration the french withholding tax and which you need to reclaim uh here um yeah not bad i mean 
the price didn't go anywhere in the last year so it's not like you missed out on something if you still initiate the position now right yeah it is it, not that it, it, it has uncertainty around it right because it didn't prove itself over the last year yeah and and who knows we have to wait and see what happens at this this investor day or this capital day that yeah. they're going to have because they might come out with a lower guidance than expected anything can happen they yeah might, they might exactly so yeah. it'll be um it'll be interesting to see we'll keep an eye on that one yeah and uh, the next company is one of these boring dutch information paper companies i think that you're a, a big fan of yeah so, this is walter skluver i mean i remember it still from my student time um i was uh, studying in in um in, in, in yeah how do you call it applied sciences and i had a student job where we were supplying the data also to to walter skluver effectively walter skluver gave us uh dirty data and we put it all in xml and cleaned it up and submitted it back right that was kind of the job so they outsourced that to students nice. and so i know a little bit what kind of data this uh here but you know revenues six percent up 4.7 billion i mean for boring company we're talking about top line sales here right mm. it's not too bad six percent uh operating profit up 11 percent so 1.2 billion um earnings 3.38 to be fair diluted adjusted eps 3.38 17 percent up in constant currency yeah uh, there's a catch there because of the tax rate they had some tax benefits here this year so and also in their guidance they expect this to be a little bit uh, uh not so positive next year right so they're and this is what i like they're honest about it they're not like celebrating and not mentioning it and then next year everything is wrong because of a tax rate or something like that yeah. um but hey dividend hike 15 percent. these motherfuckers i mean uh i love walter's Kluwer. it's still a bit too expensive for me at 88 dollars um, they expect a mid-single uh, digit growth next year they are buying back shares again so i'll probably keep staring at this one and, and missing out on it but hey you get it now for a 1.77 percent yield and 31 years of consecutive dividend growth it's an amazing company it's on fire the, their business and the digital business print is going down but this is expected because who still wants paper copies right yeah but yeah, the company no is just doing exactly what it needs to do. It's it's so well executed. I mean, yeah, really great company. Yeah, nice, good earnings. Nice. Still, still a little bit overvalued. Like you said, it's a low, low start yield, which is one point seven percent start yield. I think, you know, yeah. That. So, uh, look, it still has a bit to go. But for for for, for the print company, it's a company you would think ah, they'll never make money, or yeah. they just had an incredible record. So. Yeah, but I think, uh, you know, if you're a lawyer, you can't ignore the Walter Sklura databases. It's kind of, it's kind of your toolbox, right? Yeah, so. you, you need to have them. Yeah. Okay. Um, we might move on to one of our German companies. We might move on to <coughs> Henkel first. Um, and Henkel is, is a one we have never really covered before, but I, I mm -hmm. believe a few people have started asking around them. They've, they've, they've dropped in share price the share price has been in such a steep downward trend that for I, five I, years i believe right five years yes yeah. so now yeah. all of a sudden the, the value um i'm not i'm not so sure but they they are a big big brand they're a big brand throughout, throughout europe and um, they have 
brands such as Purcell, I think, for washing machines and these adhesives. Um, fun fact, when I worked for a mobile phone company, I was their account manager. So I know how much they spend on mobile phones in, in Ireland, which is quite large, actually, for such a small company. Um, not a small company, but small in, in Ireland. Um, but let's just have a look at their earnings so their sales was up to 20.1 billion which is up 7.8 percent organic growth which is which is quite good operating profit increased 4.2 even margin was 13.4 and earnings per share was up 9.2 and they generated 1.5 billion euros in free cash flow they call it good free cash flow um i i don't have the definition of what they call good free cash flow but that's that's just what they call it the dividend per uh, dividend per share is 185 um for preferred share and the outlook for 2022 is mid to is it, uh, unchanged from last year so i think it's it's like low low digit growth mm. um but uh, look for me they they are probably look a, a solid company the, the financials don't look too bad to me initially i haven't dug deep into uh, into into France. This is just all really top level. They have really good brands, so they have good brand power. I'm not quite sure why they've been in down in a downward trend for five years. So there must be something underlying there that that I haven't yeah. that I haven't heard of. Yeah, what I didn't like about this earnings results is that they want to do a buyback now for one billion. You know, they keep the dividend dividend flat, and then I think, yeah. why are you going to do a buyback for one billion? Just give us a dividend hike and let me decide what to do with the money. Yeah, yeah, this this is what I find annoying with buybacks when you have these kinds of companies that are not well run. Then I rather make my own decision uh, as an investor. Of course, when they are really undervalued, I get it. Yeah, and it's also more tax efficient. Mm. But undervalued and poor performing uh then i start doubting if you know what i mean but the, the question is are they undervalued i don't know if they're undervalued i i don't i don't know either For yeah me, they, they don't let's say like that i don't have a good enough feeling with it hmm. but uh from the first look when i looked into it also a while ago when people started asking i don't have a feeling necessary that they are undervalued i rather have a feeling that they are trading where they belong to trade yeah and 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 to me that looks the case i mean th there's obviously a reason why they're in a downtrend for for five years they have such good brand power that you think why that, not uh, maybe maybe not but but somewhere i recognize some of them brands instantly yeah and, yeah yeah so they, they will have really strong brand power so there's obviously something yeah there's obviously something there um and it, it might be good to to do a little deep dive on these and and, and see why because they seem to be quite yeah. popular um but I, look i'm not opposed to the to the buyback particularly with the share price dropping but as you said is the management good enough to do it probably not yeah yeah i think some of our german listeners will be able to say much more about uh Henkel. so if you have any further feedback let us know on facebook and the dividend talk group uh more than happy to uh, uh to listen to it and by the way now that i think about it if you like this podcast and you want to engage more of us, come to the Facebook group, Dividend Talk. We'll put the link in the show notes so that you can just click it there and get there. Um, having like 450 uh, uh, group members at the moment, so not too small anymore. Growing. Yeah, growing, growing fast. Um, so that was Henkel. Uh, the next German company we may look at is... 
Fresenius, maybe. Um, Fresenius, yeah. I looked into Fresenius and, you know, you got to love these headlines. By the way, I bought some Fresenius not too long ago, right? I initiated a position after I um, analyzed the company. It gave me a good enough feeling, say, thinking like, yeah, this company is safe. Dividends will be safe. So I'll initiate a position. I, li I kind of like also the business that they are in. But then their headline, and this is what already gives me an allergy. Fresenius delivers a strong finish to the year, meeting its improved 2021 guidance. Strategic evaluation shows path to accelerated growth. And then when I go into the numbers, right, uh, it's it's I don't see it. I, I really don't see it. I see a growth of 3% over the whole year. Um, of course, in the last quarter, they had a growth of 7%. Then I see an EBIT, which is down 8%, and then a net income, 4%. I don't find these good numbers for a company that, uh, of high quality. If, if, specifically, if you think about what they have behind them, and they're still saying like COVID-19 impact. Mm -hmm. And yes, uh, I can see that, right? And it was really tough earlier on this year as well. But I don't agree with, with the narrative of that these are good numbers. These are like blah uh, I, d I don't know really what else to say with it so so you notice that they say right strategic evaluation shows path to accelerated growth and if you look at their investor uh relations slide deck the mm -hmm. presentation and you scroll down to page eight and you should see then a graph and it'll give you 2021 2022 2023 yeah. and they've given this in the previous years and it shows you that they're expecting it to be flat and growing growing gradually and then in 2023 it's magically going to take off again that that's that's the way they're yeah. perceiving it and i think that's where this headline is going saying that the foundation for that is bigger than expected it yeah. might not be brilliant but i think that they're ahead of where they expect it to be at, at this point now if you're to if you're to look at that graph it it's saying that they expect sales to grow at a seven percent CAGR. um and they're really going to accelerate in 2023. I don't know. Well, if they will. I think they have some really nice catalyst mm. uh, here, right? In, yeah. in general, uh, they are impacted really a lot by COVID. That's also why uh, I initiated the position, right? I also am very, very curious about their vaccine business that they are considering and the manufacturing yeah. around that. Uh, or biosimilars, sorry. I mean, biosimilars business. I think there might be some potential there. Not sure yet because I think they're doing this with a Spanish manufacturer. Um, not sure how well they are in execution. But I found this a nice position for my portfolio, right? But then just when I look at such a report, uh, I don't just like the headline combined to what I see in the numbers, right? I'm more like a... I like more like these straight shooters as CEOs. So that, that's the only thing I have with this. But other than that, look, dividend increase again. Uh, was it uh, 0 0.90, uh, yeah, 92 cents, 2.86% yeah. yield, 29 uh, years of dividend growth. I mean, for me, the dividend is really, really safe uh, uh, with 20, this company. 20% so. payout ratio. I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't yeah. be safer. I think it's yeah. a 15% CAGR on that as well. So yeah. Uh, to to me and and I got the feeling going through that slide deck that uh, I don't think they were trying to be misleading here. I think they are genuinely trying to gear towards twenty twenty three and and accelerating their growth. Then 
Um, but obviously, when you when you see a headline and it's like big and flashy like that, yeah. Okay, come on, rein it in a little bit. It's not it's not spectacular. Exactly. It's not spectacular, exactly. and and it should it should probably mention they are okay. We are ahead of where we want to be in our twenty twenty three target. Oh, and then it's a total different. If they uh, thing. if, if yeah. they say if they say that in the headline, you're happy. But that's yeah. the sense I get going through the side deck. That's what they're they're pushing for. So. Yeah, well, uh, you know, investors thought a little bit different, right? Because um, they they put the price. Uh, what is it? Twelve uh, percent lower. Yeah, in two yeah. days. So yeah. you know, that's the that's their reward of uh, of the numbers. So yeah. Okay. Um, what about Munich RE? It's a company that we we've covered on these insurance companies. Um, they've had had a good year. Insurance companies, as as I think you predicted, would have a strong year. They generated 2.9 billion in 2021. Um, consolidated profit expected to rise to 3.3 in 2022, which is quite good. So they're still expecting next year to to be better again. And um, they've initiated a new share buyback scheme. Come on, jump to the dividend, please. Come on, jump to the dividend. Stop <laughs> get, the crap. I I get there. I get there. <laughs> The dividend was increased to eleven. Yeah. Euros. There euros. you go. There you go. This was a great hike for such a boring company, right? I mean, they had they had a really good year, and they do tend to reward their their shareholders. And what's what's interesting is that they say like, okay, we're expecting this to jump again next year, which we know what will happen. The dividend is going. Fifty-two to years of dividend growth. 52 years without a dividend cut. That's Munich RE. Yeah. I believe, I know it almost from my heart. It wasn't 1974 or something like that? Or 1970? 1970, yeah. Yeah, 1970. 1970. Yeah, 1970. No dividend cut since 1970. Munich RE. I bought it at 145. I should have loaded up the truck. We always know that in hindsight, of course. I mean, this is, this is your example, boring company. Screw FinTech. FinTech. I don't. I don't want fintech even near this. Let it please compound. Don't touch it. Um, I mean, what is from nine euro sixty to eleven? Right. I, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. I'm just doing this from my head, knowing the dividends from the last year. So th these are amazing hikes. Maybe nine ninety. What was the last dividend? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was around nine eighty, nine ninety. It was. Yeah. Well, look at that. Look at that. I mean. What's not to laugh in such a company? <sighs> I mean, the problem I always have, they always seem overvalued. And we say this a lot about these types of companies. They always seem overvalued. And they just keep... Yeah, but this is a company where I would say, like, here you just get it. What is it? 4.5% yield? No, I don't think it's that high at the moment. I think it's 4%. 4% no? the current. Okay. Where do you get a 4% yield? With a company that has been growing for 50 years, their dividend, or 52 years, plus, um, I said, a safe dividend that, that is highly expected to grow going forward. I mean, honestly, for this, it's not richly overvalued from that point of view. It doesn't, doesn't have such high multiples. So for me, I would treat this more like a bond. Yeah. Uh, if you want to buy this comp stock for the next 10 years, this is how I look at Munich RE. Yeah, for 10 years, it goes from 4% 4, 4%, maybe to 7 or 8% annual uh, yield on cost. Th that's what I'm expecting here. Yeah. I think they're actually at the same price as when we analyzed these. I think these were only the first companies we did. 
um, mm. and they were around two fifty dollar or two fifty euro at that stage as well. Yeah, so, interesting. But no, good, good, good dividend hike, good numbers. Next year they're expecting good numbers again, so yeah. why not? Why not get involved? Uh, looking then quickly at another uh, insurance company, ASR from the Netherlands. I covered uh, it recently a bit in my 15 dividends, uh, Dutch dividend stocks uh, post. Um, and this company is kind of like a fast grower in the last few years. And well, Shelly also just goes straight away. I mean, this dividend talk, right? 19% yes. increase in dividends, 19%. Another insurance company, these boring insurance policies, you know, 90% increase. Proposed dividend for 2021 is €2.42, coming off a base of €2.04. I mean, yeah, I, I, okay, you want to know something about the results? Operating results increased by 15% over, uh, um, uh, over 21. Uh, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to read it all uh, for for the listeners. Just good results. I would, you know, we always advise people to do their own homework. You get this company now also uh, with nine years of dividend growth and a five year compounded annual growth rate in dividends of more than fifteen percent, and you will get it now at a six percent yield. Wow! You know, yeah, that that is something, right? A company hiking a dividend from, uh, let's say, from five uh, from five percent dividend. To, uh, with 19%, right? It is quite a thing. Yeah, it's, that's, so. that's quite, quite big. Like for, for such a high starting yield, you're getting super dividend growth yeah. as well. You don't get many high yield, high growth companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and this is you know, the only catch here is that these companies, and, and this is what uh, what happened also in 2020, right? They had to postpone the dividends and then group the same because. You know, then the central banks come in Europe and say, like, ah, insurance companies, we would like you to preserve your cash at the moment, right? It has preference. But quite quickly after that, they still paid it. So um, if you're really in need for stable cash flow in uncertain times, you need to be aware of the risk here, like banks, also with these uh, Dutch insurance companies. Yeah. Very good. Um, who did we miss? We missed Bass. F, I think. Yes, I mean, I don't know what, you know, it's clear that this season is really great, right, for European stocks as well. Um, Bus F, top line growth compared to 2020, when it was hit with COVID-19, of course, 33% sales growth, right? And um, this is really huge, really, really huge. Also, um, what was it? Um, Net income five and a half billion. Last year they made a loss. I believe they had quite some uh, write-offs last year uh, as well. So they had last year. You need to see it like kind of a kitchen sink um, uh, report that they did. They just took the opportunity that the news was anyway already bad. Let's make it uh, totally bad. Now we have the opportunity. Um, they, I said, their free cash flow was three point seven billion here, and. Just good results. What you need to know, I believe, that their dividends are not so richly covered. So they increased the dividend from 330 to 340, like, like a little hike. Um, that's why the dividend is now 5.6% yield at this, this moment in time. But look, chemicals division up with 68% year over year. Materials up with 41%. Um, where do you think 
the inflation is is coming from and where do you think the source of inflation is yeah i mean a, a lot of companies are i mean raw materials are, are are really hard to come by in chemicals and then you have these companies who supply it so yeah exactly so so bus f is on the on the on the on the winning side of this uh, mm. when you think about it so I've got some bus F right. I bought also last year again. Uh, I've got like two thirds of a position build up. I just like this company a lot. It is really committed to the dividend. It has 12 years of dividend growth. They cut it during the great financial recession. I believe in 2009, they cut it with top of mind 10% that year, 10 to 15% year. But other than, other than that, if you take that out, it quickly recovered from that. I believe their dividend growth is since 2000, just so for the last two decades. Quite solid, high yield, low growth. That's the typical company here. It is cyclical, so uh, the numbers look a little bit better in good times, like like now. So you need to take that into consideration. I think it's trading now around sixty euro. I'm sure that in a down cycle you can get it for forty euro or something like that. So it depends really on whether you want to take the five percent yield now and already reinvest that in other companies, the dividends, or whether you want to wait for a bottom of a cycle. I decided to buy it now already, like last year, around these uh, numbers. I think I bought the last one at 66 euro. It's now trading around 60 euro because at the bottom of the cycle, I don't want to buy Bus F. I want to buy Nike. Yeah, I want to buy more Microsoft. So, And I don't want to be lured in then by, the, by these kind of companies uh, yeah. at that moment in time. Yeah, very good. Yeah, a 5.46% dividend yield is, is enticing. And I think maybe for the next 12 to 18 months, they're going to they're going to benefit. So it's not a bad short-term play either. Yeah. Um, and the last company we have is a Spanish company. Um, Iberdrola. 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 I think Iberdrola. it's called, I don't know. Um, I just wanted to highlight that uh, they hiked the dividend again uh, to 44 cents. Which was interesting because, um, when was it? In their guidance two, three years ago for this period, they said dividend will be around 40 cents, right? So they're still going a little bit above it. They, I think it was 42 point something cents uh, last, uh, last year. So a little hike, but you get the stock now for 4.44%. But look, th this one is a lot into clean energy, right? Iberdrola. So if you like, clean energy place yeah. and not not oil and gas then Iberdrola is really uh something here uh, it is really investing a lot in renewables but profit up by uh, net profit up by eight percent EBITDA up by 20 percent um you will have exposure with this company not just to Spain and Italy I believe but also to America and Brazil so I find it a really interesting company. I have so far not pulled the trigger yet uh, on this company. It's trading around 10 euro, 9.92. Yeah. Um, and, and something is missing for me to get fully convinced. I like that some renewables, but I don't know. Sometimes I have this feeling with Southern Europe companies that I need to be convinced twice as hard. Yeah. So if Anagas for me was a clear case, with Red Electrica at the time was a clear case. I just love really the business. I have the same with Iberdrola, but something is stopping me here. So maybe a listener can push me a little bit to be more convinced here. Uh, but there's the company in general is really nice, uh, yeah. doing well. Ah, stable dividend growth. It is. It's uh, that. That's what I remember. 
you can't rely on the dividends if you look back on it from a 15 to 20 year point of view you can't rely on dividend growth really yeah and, and that's the nature of the business that that they're in i mean one thing i do like is that they've got their prices locked in for 2022 i don't mm -hmm. know if i don't know if this war is going to change that but yeah. when 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 they certainly did this they had the, the prices locked in which is good it gives it some some stability but typically in energy we know prices can fluctuate one-off events like like wars yeah. will 100 percent in, increase that and increase rates on yeah. them um they are doing a lot of investment as well in green energy like mm -hmm. you said they have three thousand five hundred megawatt um of renewables installed in in 2021 alone and another seven thousand double that again under construction so that they are really really going for this going for this green energy um and fair play to them i mean no uh, I, well, I, I just I, hope that they continue paying dividends if there's a year with uh, a little a little bit uh, less wind yeah but the, the dividend yield is a little bit low for me for the risk you get yeah exactly that. exactly specifically that's not a stable payer in my opinion yeah yeah i mean typically these you want the higher yield because you're taking on that that risk and that's yeah. my problem okay cool um that's all the companies we have so we might move on to some listener questions yeah, definitely. And the first one is from Phil, Phil Seckler, as always, right? And he's asking whether we heard about the SAP's dividend hike and what do we think about the 50 cents extra to celebrate their 50-year anniversary? Well, actually, we looked at just back before the show to dividend history and they did the same like in 2012, right? They gave yeah. like a 40 cents uh, special dividend. So it's, uh, it's kind of as per expectation, but I like it. It's good that they do it. It's a one-off. I believe that shareholders have not been really rewarded over the last two years, specifically not the shareholders that were in it for the share price. Um, if you think about without the special dividend, the company is going to pay 195. It's like, in that case, it would be like a net four or 5% dividend hike. It's not, not too much, right? So I expect more from SAP. Um, they, they, can, they should grow quicker with the cloud. We saw the numbers before, right? So I like that they do this 50%, 50 cent uh, gesture, but in reality, it's a, a normalized, let's say it's a four to 5% dividend growth, which I would expect more from a cloud business. I would, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it, just. Okay, um, Kurt has asked us, as dividend lovers, please have a look at Belgian B-Post Group. Um, they are transforming into an international logistics player and reinitiating a strong dividend of 49 euro cent. Yeah, I looked into it. And the first thing I do as a dividend growth investor is pick up their dividend payments page. And then I see indeed that they cut the dividend in 2020 and are actually already in 29 over 2019 2020 and now reinstating dividend i need to see more evidence I, uh, so that's that's really simple like that um and the business that they are in it's not the business that i really get excited about that i want to build my portfolio around for the next 10 20 years i think there's a lot of competition there low margin yeah. business yeah i was i i, I that was my thoughts a lot of competition low, low margin this was the key word that he, that he used there's transforming into an international logistics player to, to me they look mainly Bel belgium at the moment yeah uh, they might be transforming into it but there's there's a hell of a lot of competition and, and just because they are 
are gesturing or saying they're transforming into this doesn't yeah. mean they're actually going to be a major player there. Um, and uh, it's such a company I would want to check back in five years from now. Until yeah. then, you can better take UPS. They did a yeah. 40% dividend hike not too long ago. So. I, I mean, Kurt has, has mentioned these are deep value. I'm, I'm not so sure. I think they're no. probably valued as, as they should based on, uh, on what they've exactly. done in the past. So, exactly. Um, if, if you believe they're going to transform into this huge international logistics player and can compete with the big guys, sure, maybe they are deep value. I just, I, I'm not, I would not be convinced at this point. No. Sure. Um, Catalan dividend investor, what would you do differently if you started all over again? Invest all my money into Shell when it was 10 euro. <laughs> uh, I would start earlier and, and, and I know this question is not like that but I regret that I didn't start in my 20s that I didn't already found saw the light let's say I, I discovered it relatively late uh, I, I feel so I'm really sometimes jealous on those teenagers that already discovered this yeah when, when look when I was in my, my 20s my priorities were completely different uh, yeah, but I was storing stuff on a bank account, which was not needed. Yeah, yeah I could have put it in dividend stocks. My, my my personality was different. I mean, I would have spent every single penny I had on shit yeah. or traveling on, and I, I wouldn't have cared and I enjoy myself. If I was to stumble across dividend investing in my 20s and tried it, do you know what? It wouldn't have worked for me, and I may not have come to it later in life because I said I've tried that, it didn't work. Ah, so I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't regret, I don't regret anything. What? I don't know if I do anything differently because uh, I know I know how I how I operate. I like to learn. I, I do make mistakes. Yeah. I, I need to make I need to make mistakes to learn. Otherwise, I don't. Yeah. So I need to just throw myself in there. I, I don't go all in. I go I go yeah. in step by step. Learn, 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 and, and keep going. So well, I I wish I was more consistent in my investing. Uh, what I did is like in 2014, kind of I started. In the in the in the autumn of 2014, and you know you had also the Greek debt crisis then, and all these kinds of things mm. lure like still hanging around. And I was all time thinking like, ah, the market is overpriced; it might go down. So I I was I was hoarding cash instead of yeah dollar cost averaging every month. And it took me until three years ago that I really saw the light there after analyzing my performance year over year and for like. Why I've not been spending all my salary? Why is my savings account growing? Yeah, and and that's and now I still see that from my initial plan in 2014, I'm still like half a year to a year behind yeah. when it comes to where my portfolio should have been, just because I didn't invest those 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 euros in those months. Yeah, but then when when you're beginning, I mean, you you make a plan. Of course, you make a plan, but it's sometimes not easy to follow through because when you make a plan and you're new to something. It may not be correct or yeah but he's, he's asking this question assuming to learn from us right yeah. so i would say like with the knowledge i have today i would have been really really laser focused on my consistency by deploying and investing the money every month and not not thinking uh, i might go down and three months from now i might have a better opportunity because you know, you see these YouTube videos uh, also now from Sven Carlin. He's doing it. Oh, market crash coming. I was sensitive to that in those those days. Yeah, clickbait. But actually, yeah. do you know what? One one thing I would do differently. One thing I would do is that when, when I started, I followed the dividend growth investor, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and I ended up with some shit companies like Waco, for example. Mm -hmm. 
if I was starting this again, I would solely focus on companies that I know and understand and, yeah. and work in. Yeah. I would start with those companies and get a good understanding because I know how I know how these companies operate. I know how, how they make money. So it's easier to go to through started, their yeah. financials to, to see where that money goes through. So that's probably where, what I would do. Invest in what you know. Somebody famous once said that before. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> hey, next question then uh, from Thiago Diaz. The market seems to have swiftly recovered from the Ukrainian conflict intraday dip. Did you manage to catch anything on sale and whether we have any interest in Russian equities at these price points? Um, I didn't buy anything on sale. I did not expect it to <laughs> expect it to rebound so fast. I did sell Alibaba, like I said, um, but I genuinely thought that I would get at least <laughs> <laughs> three or four days to to, to think yeah. about it so i i didn't i didn't rush into anything and to be honest i'm I'm so busy in work that by the time i get home in the evenings the european markets are closed yeah. um i don't like rushing something when i'm in work on my phone because i just feel like i'm just yeah. doing it for the sake of it um and then i, I got home today so I, I didn't really didn't really do anything have i any interest in russian equities at these price points i had no interest in russian equities before and I have no reason to change my, my stance on that now. Yeah. For me, it's the same. Too busy at work. I missed the dip. Fine. And not interested in Russian equities. Also, um, you know, my approach to I can own anything, right? But what's now happening, I don't see a Russian equity as a safe space for my money. No, 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 nowhere, nowhere near. I mean, because I want to protect principle first. Yeah. So, and I know it's maybe a bit hypocrite when I'm investing in Baba Chinese stock, but yeah. Yeah, but the situation is, is different. You're investing in, in Alibaba, Chinese stock, and all there's, there's regulations, pressure, mm. but we've got direct sanctions. We've got so much risk associated with these Russian stocks. I think it's, it's yeah. slightly different. I mean, it, it is a risk. It could, it could pay off handsomely. It, it, I mean, it could make you rich, essentially, if you if you get it right, but it could also send you to the poorhouse as well. Exactly. Hey, next question is from The Runner, um, and his Twitter handle is Raining in My Sea. Really interesting. Anyway, he says, uh, if I sell a put for stock X, so it's about options, strike 50, expiration June 2020, what happens if X reach 50 in April? I mean, in real world, what happens? Is it exercised automatically or the buyer can wait till June before exercising it? I think you can answer this question probably better than me, but it's probably something different between US options and European options, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, European European options, you're, you're pretty much safe until the end of expiration. You, you don't really have the risk mm -hmm. of, of early assignment. You do have that risk of early assignment in US stocks, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen. So if it dropped to 50, $50 in April and your expiration date is June, more than likely, it is very unlikely that you're going to be assigned at that point. If, if it dropped to maybe $30 or $40, then there's a higher chance you're going to get assigned. Uh, but certainly if, it, if it's in around the strike price, and there's two months to go. You're probably safe enough. It, it depends on who who has who has the option on, on the other side. Um, I would suggest, honestly, just buying books or 
there's a Twitter, um, YouTube account, Option Trader, I think's his name, and he has a, a whole course on this on on basics. And I, I suggest checking that out and just make sure you understand the difference in European and, and American companies and, and their stocks. Um, and yeah, not not much else to say. You're, you're, it's not guaranteed to be to be taken away, but there's there is a chance it could. Yeah. Super. Then Vladi Vayner asks similar about Russian equities. Uh, so we answered that already. And Gabriel Birosh is asking about whether I bought some Dutch stocks uh, based on the article that I wrote about the 15 stocks. So like, like I just mentioned, Gabriel, no, uh, I was just too busy at work. Um, I had no purchase orders outstanding uh, at the moment. So that's how it goes right okay. i'm not uh, not not all the day watching on my phone or something like that work first because otherwise i won't get my savings rate it's as simple as that i set up a pie on trading 212 i put 50 euro a month into those 15 dutch stocks and i have and? i have them called european dj's dutch stock pie <laughs> 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 and is it open public so others can also uh, take uh, it? i think so i'll check i'll check but it's yeah. it's, it's all those companies are just but it must have there. a decent yield right uh, yeah i think it's like uh, expected return is 14 15 percent so it, yeah mean, it's quite decent super and then uh, one of the last questions or the last question no almost the last is from paul he is asking what about home depot valuation after some correction from their all-time highs I mean, this has come up quite a bit. I've seen them on Common Stock, which is the social media platform I'm on, and Twitter all day today and yesterday, actually. This, so they must be after dropping quite hard. Um, I think you have Home Depot. Are no, you looking no. at them? Do you? Um, no. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have. I don't have the company, and I, I have no intention of of getting them so I, I don't have so for me it's a high quality company i've been indeed following uh, uh, it a little bit and you know we have leroy malin and such kind of mm. uh, and and what is it um, the german ones um, we have them here in europe so it's a bit far away from us but they have had excellent growth over the last few years also in the dividends so that's why it's a really attract attractive stock. I believe the share price went twenty percent down, so I, I guess that makes this attractive when people take a clue from the share price. I think it's a two and a half percent yield when I checked it, something like that. Still, I'm doing top of mind, but um, I would need to study it, uh, Paul, really to give you um, to give you a solid answer. But I can understand why you're asking based on the price action and the price direction, and knowing that's a high quality business. Yeah, it seems to have had a, a sharp decline since the start of the year. Just just checking, mm -hmm. dividend yield is two point four, but they are still at a level of from June twenty twenty one. So I mean, I don't know. They probably need to, to come down a, a little bit more to see if they're they're undervalued. You see, a, a lot a lot of it is is price, isn't it? It's price price action orientated, and as soon as the company drops. I think people are, are are automatically starting to thinking that it is undervalued. I don't think that's that's always the case. No, but uh, that's why you can look at price to earnings, and that's why yeah. I like to the price to earnings multiple. I don't use it so much, but I do use it for the litmus test, right? If I see if I see a share dropping twenty percent, I go to PE or thirty, and I know that it can be wrong, right? Yeah. But for me, that could already be saying like, okay, you know what? I, I don't even look at it because the yield is also low. Why bother? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. Interesting. Um, B, at President 2012, has asked us, is ticker symbol UNM finally on track to be a good boy? I have no clue. I'm sorry, B. I don't I know. No they, I, I know they're an insurance company, but that, that's about it. I, I don't know. I don't know. So. Yeah. I, I know I looked at one time into it and maybe he asked he asked us about it, then I looked into it and it wasn't too bad. But again, there are so many stocks in the world and there's not one that I decided yet to fully analyze. So I, that's why I can't answer the question. We we need someone like the kind of capitalist on here who's like an encyclopedia of companies like he just seems yeah, to but it, company. Yeah, but it's for him about uh, a lot of Dutch companies, uh, sorry, European companies and mm. And I uh, said semiconductors, right? Yeah, but yeah, let's challenge him if he knows it. <laughs> um, last question of the day then is from Average Pillar. If your portfolio could only have three stocks, what would you choose? Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft, and Microsoft. <laughs> three shares of Microsoft. Yeah. Um, How about you? I would I would have Microsoft there. I would have ASML at the moment, Ooh, and yeah. one more company on top of that, maybe someone like um, Louis Vuitton. Let's go with oh. Louis Vuitton. Yeah, nice ones. Good. Thank you. Um, look, Derek. Uh, thanks for the show today. I hope shit will stay out of this world here near us. Um, I was thinking more about that than my portfolio. Yeah. Uh, this week but then if i see the portfolio value uh, just before the show there's a reason why i can sleep well because i have invested in high quality dividend stocks with stable modes so i uh, it's good to know that my money is secure from that point of view it's good to hear good to hear and all our listeners thanks for tuning in stay safe uh, particularly all our european friends and we will see you all next week <laughs>